Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Red Sox beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like Now, to your hosts. All right, Red Sox fans, welcome in again. This is Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. Of course, we are brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves that great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase, of course, by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and promo code Celtics. Enter that baby in. You're going to get $50 off a comfy, comfy Casper mattress. Uh, plenty to talk about tonight. Full crew. Full crew here on Red Sox beat this week. Um, I'm still just frazzled by the Celtics game I just watched, but how are you guys doing? Well, I'm just as amped up as you are. Oh my god, what a game! Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I watched I watched the last minute in overtime, so I mean, you missed the you had the best part. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm amped. I'm, I'm watching the Red Sox, so that that just amps me up right there. And they're winning right now on Sunday baseball while we record this, so that's good. Um, good week. Uh, not, I mean, it's, it was eh. Uh, probably worse than Justin and I predicted last week. Lauren wasn't here. Way worse. Um, some good things out of the week, though, obviously we'll touch on a lot this week. Um, but first, let's just have, let uh, Jess do his magic, do his thing, and run down the recap of the week. Wow, it's magic now. This is awesome. <laughs> it's just getting better and better. <laughs> it's better and better every week. Oh, yes. Too much praise. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Well, so far, as of show uh, production... That's not the right word, but we'll make, we'll make it the right word. As of right, <laughs> as of right now, this moment, Sunday night, 9-27, uh, the Red Sox are 2-4 and four in the week, looking pretty good to be 3-4, and four, but we don't want to count our chickens before they hatch, so we'll move back to Monday, the start of the week, which was the final game against the Blue Jays, the Patriots Day 11 a.m. game, and uh, it started out fantastic. And finally, finally, we can give him some credit. Clay Buckles pitched a darn good game. He was he was dazzling. Six and two thirds scoreless baseball. He had the uh, had the Blue Jays sitting in a double play central. They hit into four double plays against him. 
five in total, three of which were Jose Batista. So Clay was getting the ground ball. City, he got ten ground balls total, which was excellent. So great news from him. Unfortunately, we finally get a good outing from him, and then the bullpen blows it. It was a, uh, it was a three. No, sorry, it was a one nothing Red Sox lead going into the eighth inning, and uh, Koji Uehara just totally imploded. He gave up four runs in a, a third inning, two walks, and a hit. Three of those four runs were given up by Craig Kimbrell because Uehara loaded up the bases. Kimbrell let all three inherited runners score. It was a disaster, you know, walks and hit by pitches, and it was just ugly. Red Sox almost came back. Bottom of the ninth, Travis shot and hit an RBI double. Hanley Ramirez hit an RBI single. We got we got all the way within one run, but couldn't put the cherry on top for the Patriots' day win. Unfortunately, came close, but it was not to be. And uh, David Ortiz pinch hit to uh, end the game, and he struck out, unfortunately, on a high pitch, questionable pitch. So it was a 4-3 loss, and it ended up being a split with the Toronto Blue Jays. Me and Jared picked them to win this particular game, and they did not. But they would have if, they, if the bullpen didn't implode. Yeah, it actually wasn't. It was actually the bullpen's fault this time. Um, and Koji did not look like himself. Um, obviously, Kimber was in, but now Koji hasn't pitched since. So who knows what's going on with that? Yeah, makes you wonder. And it it's kind of it's funny. We talked about how good this bullpen was going to be. How he had no questions going into the season about them, and then they just blew a big game. Yeah, it's tough when you when you get your starter gets you your starter and your early bullpen gets you all the way to the eighth inning, and especially with a one nothing game like that, and just to to blow it with two of your most reliable pitchers, or should be at least what you expect it to be. So in that game, Uihara's ERA went from zero to four point nine one. So that's awesome, crazy. It's early season baseball for you. The ERA will spike. He pitched seven scoreless innings, and all of a sudden, boom, almost a five ERA. So. That was unfortunate. Uh, yeah, maybe it was too early for him. I don't know. He pitched at 1.30. He made the excuse, maybe my body didn't wake up yet. I don't know. He probably was probably searching for answers because you can't really explain something like that. So, Well, that's why Ortiz didn't even play. So <laughs> He hadn't woken up either. <laughs> but Clay woke Play up, to the ballpark. Thing. So. Yeah, the one time he pitches well. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So that was that. Uh, then we move into series with the Rays, of which me and Jared both picked sweeps, and that did not happen. Hmm. Um, we were so wrong. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, so we'll start with Tuesday. That was a very interesting game. Um, it was scoreless all the way to the 10th inning, and you would think, oh, great pitching performance by the Red Sox starter. But Joe, <laughs> Kelly, Joe Kelly started this game and lasted four batters, and the bullpen, mainly Heath Hembry and Robbie Ross, the bullpen combined for... Yeah, Kelly pitched point two innings, so up until the tenth inning when they gave up runs, they had pitched eight and two eight, eight and a third scoreless innings. Uh, three and a third for Hembry, three for Ross. They both had four strikeouts. Tazawa pitched a one two three, struck out all three guys inning. Kimbrell pitched a scoreless inning. So it was great all the way to the tenth scoreless and then Matt Barnes came in and uh blew it away. Kevin Kiermeyer had a home run. Desmond Jennings had a two RBI double. And that was it, three nothing. The Red Sox were completely stymied by Drew Smiley. And I did not mean to say Stein and Smiley right there. <laughs> it worked out really well. <laughs> he pitched Can I tell you though, that this is why Matt Barnes one isn't your closer. And two, um I will say that those two guys, Robbie Ross and who pitched the other parts of that game, what'd you say? Henry. Henry, yeah. I think Henry's Keeping himself in the bullpen with that pitch, with that performance, because he and I know Eckersley said this during the broadcast. Well, Embry was phenomenal. He was good last year too. 
I was surprised that he wasn't here to start the season, to be honest. Yeah, I was too. And I watching that game, it was completely different bullpen than what we saw on Monday. And that's the that's the bullpen we wish we saw on Monday. But uh, it's unfortunate Kelly went to the DL after that game. And I mean, thank God for the bullpen keeping us in the game till the tenth. But like you said, Jared, that's why Matt Barnes isn't our closer. Uh huh. Yeah, we'll get to the, the Kelly injury, but yeah, he did leave the game with DL and. Yeah, in a game when your starter goes to, uh, gets two outs, you don't expect to go scoreless in the 10th inning. So, pretty remarkable job. I mean, you, you, I, by the time they gave up a run, I was like, well, of course they gave up a run. They've pitched nine innings of scoreless ball. That's really hard to do at <laughs> your bullpen. So, it was kind of bound to happen. And complete opposite on the race side, Smiley pitched eight innings, one hit, 11 strikeouts. He was fantastic. So, tough game. It was a tough way to lose, especially after losing a heartbreaker the day before. So pretty tough start to the week, but like they didn't play as bad as two losses would suggest because they could have easily won both games, obviously. So, which is a shame because two games you want to have because home games, you know, you want to win the home games, obviously. So fortunately, that yeah. Wednesday where they had a home game and they did win. So that's good. Um, I was at this game, so I was happy that I <laughs> amidst these, all these losses, I went to a win, which was, which was nice. <laughs> uh, and it was to Rick Porcello, and Rick Porcello is uh, pitching well. He's pitching very well. Um, fortunately, in this game, he got a, a little buffer, which obviously always helps a pitcher, because who doesn't want a nice 3 nothing lead after one, 5 nothing after two, which is what they got. Uh, Xander Bogart's got an RBI single in the first. Ortiz followed with a two-RBI double of his own, and then the next inning at the bottom of the second, Mookie Betts hit a two-run homer. It's all of a sudden 5 nothing after two, and uh, Porcello just settled in, pitched really well, didn't give up a run until the uh, sixth inning when he gave up two runs, a ground out, and a Corey Dickerson home run. Uh, one more run for each team. After that, the Sox won 7-3. to, to three. Porcello pitched seven innings, six hits, three runs, one walk, and nine strikeouts. He was really dominant. On the opposite side, Chris Archer, who was already 0-3 in the season with a six-something ERA. He gave up six runs in four and a third innings, eight hits, and his ERA is now 7-32. So Porcello trending upwards, Archer trending very downwards. Yeah, and I think that this one kind of, you saw this one coming just because even coming into the game, uh, Porcello had pitched well in the last game. He was yet, he's still undefeated. Um, he got Vasquez behind the plate for his last couple start, his last start. So we, you knew he was trending in the right direction. And of course, we knew Archer just hadn't been able to figure it out yet. Um, so I think this one's the one that I kind of, you have to assume they were going to win. Um, and it obviously trended out that way. And obviously, Betts had a big game as well. So, um, this one kind of seemed cut and dry the way it looked like it was going to happen. Yeah, I was very surprised that they got to, Archer early. I knew he had a rough start to the season, but it was nice to see our offense spark early, and especially on somebody who's projected to be Cy Young. So it's nice to see that. Yeah. So what? So what about that? What, why <laughs> did people project him to be Cy Young? I know he's been good for his career, but he's also been inconsistent. He's had some some rough games, and then all of a sudden people are just like, "Hey, best young pitcher in the league, Chris Archer, Cy Young." Yeah, what? he kind of came out That's... of nowhere. Well, I think I think a lot of people just kind of went with a natural progression because he pitched so well last year that I think people just thought, okay, he's going to take the next step and jump into that Cy Young candidacy. Um, obviously, nothing was proved, and this year he just came back to earth and is now pitching like crap, so I don't know what's going to happen. But um, I think that's kind of really why people thought of that, just because it, it was the natural progression from what he did last year to this year. But the thing is, he did do good last year. In turn, I mean, he had 252 strikeouts, which is great, and 3-2-3 RA, which is good. He was 12-13. and 13, Obviously, he didn't get the run support, but it's not like he was, like, 16-5 and five or something. You know, it's 
I don't know. I know record's misleading, but it's like over his career, nine and seven, ten and nine, twelve and thirteen. It's not like I don't think that that would just make you be like, oh yeah, Cy Young. Obviously, I think people were jumping way too quickly into him. Kind of seems that way now, especially I think he's zero and seven going back to last season. So it's not didn't really have a good right. end or good good start to the season. So I mean, I hope he turns it around, but I'm glad he's oh why he's on the he's race the <laughs> why. <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't win a single game. Like, I don't want him to see him go 0 oh, and 20. I mean, maybe like I do. Maybe like 1 in 19. But God no. Oh, Red Sox fans are supposed to hate him. Mean, he had the feud with Ortiz and everything. I know. I just like seeing the good in everybody. All right. Well, you're a sweetheart, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I like your thought though, but no. Rays, Archer, forget it. So it was okay, good to get I a hope win. He sucks for the rest of the year. Thank. You. There it is. There it is. Appreciate that. And we hope Rick Porcello doesn't suck. 3-0. and ZRA is 4-6-6, but he is 3-0, and guys. So this is – he was my, my X-factor for the year, and we wanted him to pitch well, and so far he has. Again, the story of run support. Yeah, that helps. One of these games, he's not going to get the runs. Well, just, yeah, he does. His stuff has looked – I'm not going to say deny this. His stuff has looked pretty good, but he's gotten a lot of run support this year for sure. Which is yeah. what he didn't have last year, and he pitched well exactly. last year too. And what I really like seeing with him is he looks more comfortable and more confident out on the mound than I've noticed. And but he still gives up home run every start. It's not a Rick Porcello start until he gives up a home run. But if he's I said gonna, that on the game. I was like, "There's the home run." <laughs> yep, there it comes. Like, but if he's going to get the run support and he's going to get the wins, I mean, this is what this is who we're paying for, and this is who we want to see. We don't want to see what we saw last year. And I think a solid start is just going to. He's just going to keep riding on that. Like he's three and zero. He has the best record out of the starters, and I never thought I'd say that coming into the season. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's really good to see. And from firsthand experience, he looked really good. He was rolling. He was pitching quickly. He was getting outs. He was getting strikeouts. It was good. So definitely excited to continue to see how he does. So let's move into Thursday because this is the one I've been waiting to talk about. And this is awful. And this. Boy, it's just ugly. So let's get to it. Um, after winning on Wednesday, got all the momentum. You're going to Thursday. Got an afternoon game and the ten game homestand. Want to get a nice five and five homestand, which isn't great, but it's better than four and six. So it was all lined up, and if it couldn't get any better, the Red Sox scored five runs in the first inning against Jake Odorizzi. They were on fire. Pedroia had a two run homer. Ramirez had an RBI single. Holt had an RBI single. Travis Shaw stole home, even though I don't really consider it a steal of home, but I guess technically it was because he started running home before the throw to second was complete. So for for record, per, for uh, scorebook purposes, it was a steal of home. And all of a sudden it was 5-1 to one after after one inning. What could, be, what could be better? David Price on the mound. He gives up eight runs in the three and two-thirds innings. It just completely got lit up in the fourth inning, and the Sox suddenly trailed 8-5. to five. What happened? Oh, who knows? He, <laughs> I, this is not anything you expected. Obviously, he tweeted out saying, like, after the game, apologizing and saying, expect better, and just stay patient, all this stuff. And the only reason why I can't stay patient is because we've, I mean, we've looked at his numbers in April before the season started, and they're not good. He's never been good in April. Um, and this is in the, in the right direction again. For him, this is not good. Obviously, the start's terrible for anyone, but, like, his month as a whole has not been good, and he's looked comfortable in a couple starts. And uh, The nice thing is he pitched well in a cold-weather game, so that's nice to show he can at least do that, especially if you want him to do well in the playoffs down the line if you get there. But it's still puzzling to me how someone this good can do so bad in, in one inning. 
I mean, they they figured price out, and I don't, I mean, wow. I think Jess and I were listening to the game, and it was just like run after run after run. It was just like, what is going on? This is this is not our ace. This is not who we wanted. He just completely imploded, and just, it was, I mean, it was nice to see that he apologized after the game for sucking, but, you know, it's... It doesn't make up for the fact that he sucked. No, it doesn't, <laughs> and, you know, it's... One bad start, and he hasn't pitched great all season. But in any start, really. <laughs> right, but I mean, he didn't pitch like this in all every start, so I'll take no. that. And you know, if it's gonna have him, I'll take one bad start if this if it means that we're gonna have his next start is gonna be much better. I hope. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been saying this entire time, and this time it went the opposite direction. Unfortunately. He got lit up by Kirk Casale, their number nine, under 200 hitter, who's always had success against him for some reason. He hit a two-run homer. But here, one before I go the rest of this this game, um, one of my coworkers gave me a fantastic stat that's going to blow your guys' mind. You're both going to go silent after I tell you this. Ready? I cannot wait. I'm ready. Blow my mind. better be epic now. Okay. It's better be epic. All right. So David Price gave up eight runs in three and two-thirds innings, right? Yes. Yeah. Jake Arrieta, which we'll get to in a little bit later in the MLB headlines, he has given up seven runs in his last 119 innings pitched. Oh, I saw this stat. I saw this the other day. That is insane. And it's just amazing how that can happen. Holy chalupas. <laughs> That's not even Holy. fair. 119 not innings fair. in three and two-thirds innings. And Price is an ace. Like, obviously, Arietta's is out of this world. But, like, it just, like, shows you just, like, Arietta doesn't have games like that. And it's weird that it happened to Price. Of all pitchers, it had to happen to. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy. Of all people, like, why couldn't it happen to, like, Porcello? Or, like, just Buckholz? Or someone we expect it to happen to. <laughs> like, he's not getting paid to do that. Yeah, I feel myself here in an interesting situation because, well, I mean, first of all, I didn't, I, I've said this, I said this before the season started, I wouldn't be surprised if Price didn't start off well being in a new territory and everything. It's exactly what's happened. But, but where I was going with that was that, He's like I don't I like I make excuses for Buckholz, yeah, like I make excuses for some people and stuff, but like Price was here was brought here to win games. He's an ace, he was eighteen and five last year, all this stuff. And so it's like I want answers. Like why isn't he pitching well? Because his location has been off in all of his starts and he's he's not you know, he's getting put in situations where like he's gotten run support numerous times and then he's giving up the lead. Like he's doing exactly the opposite of what an ace does. And I don't want to jump the gun and be like, I'm concerned, but it's not it's not looking good so far. I'm not concerned yet. I'm not. You can't be. You gotta give it a little more time. No, I'm not concerned and I mean what is a little concerning is that he did he's pitched in the AL and then he just kinda of blew up, so I mean, there's no excuse. We can't sit here and make excuses for him, but it's still early, so I'm not, I'm not really too worried about it. But I'm gonna worry about it if this happens the next start and the start after that. If this becomes a habit, I'm gonna start to worry and be like, oh boy, like who did we pay for? Like all this money to get? Like this is not what we wanted at all. April's almost over. Let's worry about it if he does happen in May. That's where I'm going with this. I'm staying pat until May. I just don't like it because it's like, if you're an ace, you got to be an ace all the time. I agree, but everyone has their bad months. Um, forever, we used to knock. I know it's not pitching, but we used to always knock forever on um, Pedroia not starting off the season well, and then he's, and now he we don't do that anymore. So I I just think that Price is who he is, and I'd rather him be good 
If it, if it's only one month, I'd rather be April than October. Or I mean, or like August. Yeah, I would too. But all we've been doing is sitting here talking about how important the first months of the season is for this team, and he's thinking it up. This is when we need to win games. This is where John Farrell's job's on the line. This is when we need Price, and he's not doing it. Um, if it means we lose John Farrell, I'm okay with Price pitching a little poorly. I mean, I don't want our pitchers That's not the point. <laughs> I'm just going to let... You put you gave me that platter. You gave me that. I'm just going to let you guys know that Johnny Cueto is 3-1, and one, and he's only given up one home run this season with a, th- with a 349 ERA. Just saying. I was saying. to bring that up. I was just waiting for it. <laughs> I was. I, I knew I was going to bring it up. I told you I was going to bring it up, and yep. here it is. My yep. man. Just a stud. I, I, I would have loved Cueto here. Yeah, but Price should be better. Oh, better than this. Oh, for sure. So. I'm going to stay on his bandwagon. I'm going to stay on because I support all my players, but I'm not impressed so far. So we'll see what happens. All right, continuing on um, that game, the Red Sox did come back. They tied it at eight. Betts hit another two-run homer. Shaw tied it up in the seventh with a double. And then for some reason, William Cuevas made his major league debut in an 8-8 game in a game he really wanted to win and finished the homestand well. And uh, he came in and struggled because it's his first game of his freaking career. He gave up two runs and two and a third. And after he already didn't pitch great, they brought him out for more. And he stunk it up. Noah Ramirez came in, stunk it up some more, and they lost 12-8. to eight. That was pretty weird. Yeah, it, it was. And I, I just think that... Um... I don't. Well, first of all, I'm not really high on Noah Ramirez, and he went down to AAA today. He went back to Pawtucket. Um but I just think that these back end guys who they're going to keep filling in from Pawtucket, it's just a place filler until Carson Smith comes back, which we're going to talk about too. Who him and Erod could be back soon, but I, I don't know. It's just the, they're filling in holes. I just think this week was a weird week, and there were some situations where John Farrell screwed up, and I hate to put it back on him, but there's some little things without this week that he screwed up on. Yeah, I mean, I think he's always going to be he's going to be heavily criticized the next few weeks, especially what like no matter what decision he makes, if it goes well, they're going to be like, oh, that was a great move by Farrell. If it goes poorly, yeah. they're going to be like, oh, that was the worst move. He that like why would he do that? Blah blah blah. But he he knows he's on a on a tight rope, and every every move he makes is just being watched so closely that it's if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's going to be way worse than than it's. Than it is. Yeah, he's definitely in the spotlight, which obviously is what Boston is. But I, I mean, I'm here to to say that the moves he makes that are good are good. Like I'm I'm fair with that. But there were some very curious bullpen decisions all week. So very very strange and yeah. not not a good feeling. You know. So it is what it is. So they lost two out of three to the Rays. Me and Jared Royally screwed it up. They lost three yeah. out of four total. So needed to bounce back with the road series against a poor Houston team. And it started off well on Friday, a 6-2 to two Red Sox win. Stephen Wright, ace of the staff. Guy's the best DRA by far. Killing it. Pitching fantastic. He got his first win, even though he deserved three. He's 1-2 with a 140 ERA. He pitched another six and two-thirds innings. Four hits, one run, no earned. He did a five walks, but he didn't give up runs. So fine, we'll take it. And he got run support finally. And look what you do with great run support. They score... They score uh, five runs in the first five innings, and he's sitting pretty, throwing a gem, and that's how you win baseball games. Runs early, give him support, the pitcher pitches well. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was, yeah. he's been Whoa. so fun. To, <laughs> we're both so excited. <laughs> we just really want to talk about Stephen Wright. <laughs> I mean, he's been so so fun to watch, and like you said, he, he deserves the three wins. He's pitched incredibly well, and it's just 
not what we expected from him of all people. And I mean, I'm glad I'm seeing the dominance from him. And it's just, I think, I mean, I, I hope this doesn't end, but I think that this is, this is the Stephen Wright that I wanted to see. And I'm glad that he's got the fifth spot, but is he going to stay in this rotation when Erod comes back? He will now. I think he should. Because Henry Owens is Henry Owens is not going to stay up here. Oh, that's right. Go Kelly Kelly's Kirk. out. So now you don't, have, you don't have to make room. that. Never mind. Yeah, you don't have to make that decision anymore until Kelly comes back now, because I know we're talking about it, but Rodriguez is coming back what beginning of May probably. So um, if that's the case, now just Henry Owens goes back down, and you have Stephen Wright still as your fifth spot, which he totally deserves. Oh, he, he's not. I don't think he should lose it. If even if they, everyone was healthy, I think someone's got to be the odd man out. It's not going to be. I mean, it probably would be Stephen Wright, but I think that would be the wrong decision. So here's my question for both of you: Do you think they would have had the balls to? drops Joe Kelly from their rotation when when Rodriguez came back if if he didn't get hurt? I think that it would probably have been Stephen Wright either way. Because I think they rather would put I think they would rather put Stephen Wright in the bullpen than Joe Kelly. And I think that is where I would just just agree even more with John Farrell. Is I think that would be would have been the decision they would have made. It would have been wrong. Um and we've seen some pretty ballsy moves by Farrell, regardless if it was good or bad. But I think uh, I think they would have sent Kelly to the bullpen over right. I hope you would have been right. Now we don't have to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, I think they would have too, because you're just sitting there looking at, at, at like ERAs and how they've pitched, and Kelly pitched terrible, and Wright's finally getting a chance that he's been waiting for for years and years and years and years, and he always pitches well, and he still gets sent to the bullpen or sent to AAA, and he's finally proving it and getting a chance, and he's taking full advantage of it. He totally deserves it. So I, I think that they would have been able to look at the situation and be like, look at what this guy is doing. Joe Kelly's yeah. as erratic as, as can be, so why should we have him in the starting rotation? I don't know if they would have done that, but it sure makes sense. So, but they don't have to worry about it. Kelly's injured, and uh, Wright's pitching great, so Yahoo. Uh, in this game, Mookie Betts had four more hits, three runs. He just was on fire. He's a home run away from the cycle, and he hit a triple in the ninth inning when he needed a home run for the cycle. Could you get it any better? Man. And it like could have been inside the park home run. It was close. It, it, like, yeah. it, was a, it was a small opportunity there. He didn't take it, obviously, but um, it, it, he could have hit it, too. I, I would, if, if, honestly, if I, was, if I was third base coach on that team, I would have sent him, just for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah, I think he would have been thrown out by a lot, but still, I mean, that goes to show you, like, Players don't care about cycles. They're just trying to win games, get as many hits as they can, and whatever happens, happens. He just so happened to get a single, double, and triple in his first three at-bats. But mm-hmm. awesome game from him. It's just what we needed. And, and Especially because the way he started the year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been he's turned it around. I think he's back to being himself, and I think this is going to stay. I think this is going to be consistent now. I think he's got that early season blows out of him. Yeah, he's looked, he's looked fantastic this week, which is great. We'll get to mm-hmm. we'll get to him a little more. But Colin McHugh about five runs and four innings, ten hits. Sox bats were all over him. Like I said, four hits for Betts, two for Pedroia, two for Bogars, two for Ramirez, two for Shaw. Fantastic. Everybody had hit in the lineup except David Ortiz. So awesome game. Good win. Good pitching. Good offense. Unfortunately, the way this team's playing, the consistency is just not there. So on Saturday, complete opposite flip. Houston wins eight to three. Unfortunately, and it all really came down to one pitch. Buckles was rolling along. He was pitching really well. The Red Sox had a one nothing lead. Then the game was tied at one. It was still tied at one in the fifth inning, and Houston loaded the bases against Buckles, and it was two outs, two balls, two strikes. 
Colby Rasmus just needed one pitch to get out of it. We'd be going to the sixth inning with the 1-1 game, and Buckle threw a fat pitch right down the middle and blasted <laughs> it for a grand slam. Terrible timing. It was very unfortunate. Yeah, that was it was hard to watch just because it was it was good until then and um it was just that one pitch and it kind of screwed the whole team up in that situation and um there you are with the loss but I mean other than that he was fine. Yeah, and Colby Rasmus is was horrible in his career against Buckles and I think he was like batting 113 or 115 against him and then he's just like, "No, yeah, I'm just going to hit this grand slam and just win the game." I'm just going to casually win the game. It's fine. Yeah, it's a real shame. I would have been loved to sit here talking about a shutout and a one-run game for Buckles two starts of the week. He maybe even earned my my uh, MVP of the week if that happened. But unfortunately, it's baseball. One one pitch will do that to you, and it's a shame. So he ended up giving five runs, six hits, and five and two thirds innings. He had six strikeouts. So now he falls to 0-2 with a 6.33 ERA. And I mean, being the forever Clay Buckles fan that I am, I think he's deserved a better record in ERA than than he has currently. Hopefully, be able to continue to pitch well and actually get the results and not give up one big home run. So we can hope because if we can get him and, and uh, Porcello and Price all on the same page with Wright, then probably win some more games than we have. So it's a shame. And uh, the Sox tried to come back. They got within five three in the eighth inning, but then more bullpen implosion. Uh, Rowanus Elias came in, gave up three runs on four hits in inning two thirds. He was garbage. He's back to AAA, I believe, so enough of him. Um, Houston won 8-3 to to make it a 2-4 and four week so far, and then there is a game currently in action as this show is in progress, and the Red Sox have a 5-3 to three lead right now in the middle of the fourth inning. Another quick start, just as, been, as, as, as it's been in the first two games. Three runs in the first for the Red Sox. Uh, Hanley Ramirez reached on a Altuve error, a rare Altuve error, and he actually has two, even though he only had five all of last year, so that's rare. And then a Travis Shaw got an RBI on a walk with the bases loaded. Brock Holt got an RBI and a sack fly. So good producing offense in the first inning. Um, the Sox got two more in the third with a Ryan Hannigan RBI double and a Jackie Bradley Jr. RBI double. Marwin Gonzalez had a home run for Houston. And then they just got two more runs in the third off Henry Owens, who was making his season debut. And it's, he's been a little off of the control, as has been kind of the case with his career so far. He's given up four hits, three runs, four walks, three Ks, and three innings. So he's kind of all over the board. Probably last couple more innings. Hopefully Sox can stay ahead and get a win and finish a two-out-of-three series and win three out of the seven games, which is not great, but it's better than two and five. So that's where we stand. Yeah, yeah it's been a rough week, especially because I know we just last week we talked about how important this week was and like sneaky important early in the year playing two teams that aren't great right now you could easily and we both thought they were going to do well like we predicted and we they obviously were completely wrong the, the but like series screwed us up <laughs> exactly because we thought oh red sox are playing okay rays aren't whatever and like this is a huge week for them to kind of win the games you're supposed to win if you want to be a playoff team and we talked about that and it just didn't happen so now you gotta win the yeah games. come on Exactly. So now you have a tough week coming up, which we'll preview. Not a completely tough week, but you'll, you'll have a good a week ahead now that if you did well this week, coming up this week, now we have against the Braves and the Yankees. This could have been two really good weeks for you back to back, and now you have to struggle to stay afloat for the two weeks. Yeah, it's it's tough. We'll definitely get to the next week. Definitely a, an opportunity there. Um, but just to cap off this week, I'm giving MVP to Mookie Betts, because how can you not? He was 9 for 27. So 333 average, nine runs, 
two triples, two home runs, five RBI. I wanted to give it to Pedroia, too. He was nine for 28, five runs, a home run, and three RBI. Betts was just lighting it up all week. It's definitely yeah. It's definitely nice that um we have, or Jess, you are like, you have two different options or multiple different people who are up for MVP. So that's I think that's a good positive this team has going. Absolutely. Yeah, good, yeah, good and, the, and the fact that the fact that these we haven't really heard much from Pedroia until now. Um, like we talked about too, Mookie Betts has been slow to start the year. So both both of these two really kind of start jump starting their seasons in a way for sure. Yeah, Pedroia's sitting 324 now, which is great, and Betts all the way up to 275 from the 208 that he was sitting at the start of last week. So they both skyrocketed their averages. Yeah, so there you have it. A good week um, for two guys, not for the entire team. Um, and obviously that game going on now on ESPN, the Sunday night game. Um, but a lot happened this week that we really kind of have to talk about. And I, I really want to start with... Um, not David Price, because obviously David Price we kind of touched on, but... Um, what is going on in the fact that Koji hasn't pitched like since um, he had a bad game Monday, hasn't pitched since. Um, Farrell's had him warmed up a couple times, um, but then put him right back down. Like there was one, I forget what game it was during the week, but Koji warmed up and then um, ended up sitting back down. I think it happened twice, but it's like if on, the guy warmed that up. That was in the, the Price game, the, the last Rays game. But I think it happened, it's happened before. It happened twice though. I think it happened the other day too. Like it, it wasn't just Thursday, I think. Um, but, like, if he's going to get up and warm up, you've got to put him in the game. He's 40 years old. Like, he can't be the guy. He can't be getting up and down as easy as he once could. Like, it's ridiculous. And I understand he pitched bad. you got him getting back in the game. And I think he will. Um, I don't think it's anything to really worry about. I know people are all over Farrell for warming him up, not not pitching him, and just not pitching him in general. And, you know, yeah, he's 40, but he's not eighty. He's not a crippled old man. Um, I think. But at forty, you are, especially with how tired he gets so quickly. Yeah, but I don't think. I mean, one bad game. I don't think it's anything to worry about. He's probably just giving him some extra rest because he doesn't want to overpitch him, which people are already saying Tazawa is being overused. But I don't think. I just. I don't. I'm really. I don't see any problem with this at all. I'm just like he's just if if he's this crippled eighty year old man, he's just got to rest longer. He's actually forty one, not forty. <laughs> he is forty one now. Yeah. Even even more reason. Like in April, yeah. Old man. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm I kind of I'm on the fence. I mean, I'm I'm glad he's getting the rest, and I think people are overreacting about it, which I think most people react overreact about everything, which is what I don't like about Boston. I like that people are critical because they expect success on their team. I think they take it a little bit too far, but in terms of I don't. I don't really care about the warming up and not coming in because you know they thought about using him. Situation didn't allow it. Yeah, he probably should have come in instead of Cuevas, but also we weren't in the lead, so I can kind of understand that. But I think I think that that Farrell and the coaching staff being a little reactionary with it because it's like he was pitching kind of every other game, and I thought I didn't think he was being overused. He hadn't given up a run. He was pitching really well, and then all of a sudden he has one bad game in an afternoon, a morning afternoon game, and. Now all of a sudden he doesn't pitch for a week. Like, we'll have, let's have a little like consistency. Like maybe you know maybe pitch him twice in the week. Like maybe drop it a little bit, but not all the way. Like it just seems weird that he would just go from pitching every other game to having one game to not pitching for a week. That seems a little weird to me. 
Yeah, and it just, it's just, it, I, I, I don't know why it is bugging me, um, but the whole getting up and sitting down thing is bugging me because if he was up, and I believed he should have been up, and I agree that he should have been warming up, and I think he should have came into that situation, and he didn't. Um, and like I said, I just really believe that he's so old now, and that he really is old. Sorry, Lauren, it's 41 in the baseball world. He's old. Um, oh, I never said he wasn't old. He's too old to be getting up and sitting down that much, and if he's warming up, he needs to come in. And now a lot of people are going to see the argument too of well he got he got work in at least so maybe he's pitched he hasn't pitched since Monday but he got his work in Thursday. He, Farrell had him up intending to put him in the game and he didn't do it and he should have. Um, he's done some some I don't I wouldn't say indisputable wrong things but he's made some poor decisions and I feel like he's overthinking things. I feel like John Farrell is just making his life harder than it really has to be. Yeah, it's. I actually, which I don't ever, I never agree with you, but I do agree that he's. Wait. Yep, I'm agreeing with you. It's weird. Woo. I know. Mark, stay in history. Um, yeah, I agree that he's overthinking things. It's he's on the hot seat and he wants to make all the right moves, and it just kind of seems to be backfiring, and he's like making even stranger moves. Like I didn't even think he was that bad last year. I think they did, the team just didn't come together, and yeah, maybe he didn't push all the right buttons, but it almost seems like he's making stranger decisions this year just very strange handling of the bullpen and just like just it's just been weird i don't know this this week was weird for me i I just didn't have a good feeling about it i think farrell is also so focused on not losing his job that it's almost going to his head with these kind of decisions he's making but i mean like you said jess people are overreacting to a lot of what what he's doing but it's got to be on in his mind that you know, Lavulo's right behind him, ready to take over the second he gets fired. It's just not a good situation. It's just not. It hasn't been. I really it's not. <laughs> I really think Lavulo like is wants that job. Like he knows that. Like in May, this job could be his if this keeps up. Because I think I and I'm still in the believer, and we've talked about this during the off season. I truly believe that Farrells didn't get fired because of the situation he left himself with last year. Obviously, we having cancer. Um, I just think that if last season, if John Farrell was the manager the entire year last year and the team finished the way they did, I just don't think they would have brought him back. I just think because he didn't finish the year, not because of the cancer, but like because of the fact that he just didn't get the chance to manage the entire year, he they brought him back and said, you know what, we'll give you another shot. You didn't get to finish the year. This is what would have happened last year too. It would have been the same situation. And I think if John Farrell didn't get sick and managed the rest of last year, Tori Lavulo probably would have been your manager this year. Yeah, it was kind of like in- the incompleteness of it. It was just like, yeah, finished the season, so like we don't want your tenure to end on an incomplete season. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't disagree with you guys at all. I think it, as much as nobody wants to say it, I think that's exactly why he was brought back. Yeah, it's a shame. It really is. It's I don't know. I I just I'm not a fan of the situation. I don't like. Well, do you guys like him as a manager? Like, you guys think he's doing a good job? Like. I don't know. I mean, le- you're watching the games, right? Like, liking, yeah, him oh, yeah, absolutely. A, liking him as a manager and thinking he's doing a good job is two completely different things. I'm, well, his track record proves he's not a good manager either. So, no, but do I like him as a manager? Yes, I do. I mean, I've been a Farrell fan forever since he was our pitching coach. I rooted for him when he um, coached the Blue Jays, and I know his his records are are losing records, but. I don't. There's just something about him that I really enjoy, and I think I think he's a better pitching coach than a head coach any day of the week. But do I think he's a good manager? Yes. 
it's just to me, it's just the hesitancy of everything. It's the not even looking at the matchups the other night. He could have had lefty on lefty, and he didn't. He chose to not do that, and then brought Noe Ramirez in and all that stuff. And it's just those little decisions he makes too often to me in the wrong way. In the fact that, obviously, I'm not a baseball manager. I don't think I could do a better job. But, like, when you have a situation like that, it's kind of obvious to go lefty-lefty, play the matchups, and you just didn't do it. Um, and it's just, to me, it's little things like that. It's the fact that the only winning season he's had as a manager is when the team that he had just didn't really do anything he did. It was the fact that his team just played out of their tailpipes and didn't and won a World Series. So... I look at it and go, okay, this team has some potential. Obviously, I think now he's going to get some leeway because his team isn't fully healthy. So I think you're going to see him a little longer because he hasn't got a chance to manage his team the way it was built to be managed. He hasn't had Carson Smith and Eduardo Rodriguez healthy and ready to go yet. So I think you're going to see him be fine because they're not back and they're not, they haven't pitched yet. Yeah, that's definitely, it's definitely a good point. I don't know. He's... Uh, I don't. I don't know why it bothers me so much. It's just I, you seem very you seem very beat up by this. Yeah, I don't know. This this week did a number on me. I just I don't like how things are going. I think that their record is not bad for what's happened because the pitching hasn't been great. But like the stars have had their moments, the bullpens had their moments, the offense had their moments, but not like all at the same time, which is why they're a 500 team right now. But just with the the managing situation, it's just like. Fans are tired of Farrell. I think Farrell's tired of the job because this is a brutal job, and he's had it for a couple of years, and it's just and it hasn't gone well since the first year, and it's just like the pressure mounts, and just everything's criticized, and like coming off of cancer, he's probably, does he want to deal with this? Like, I don't, it's such a pressure-filled job, and it's, it's Lavello would just bring like a sense of kind of relief, like new start couple bad years let's turn this thing around and it almost seems like the longer you wait the more downhill it could possibly go and the more pressure and the more like annoyance of all the fans and people and Farrell's annoyance with just like having to deal with it all the time I just feel like it I feel like the sooner it happens and that they get rid of them and and have new life in it the better for the team and the better the season will go. And I don't even necessarily think that's a completely a reflection on Farrell. I think it's just a reflection on the job and his situation and what's happened. And I just feel like at this point, I've been a big supporter of him, and I still like him, and I still think he could be a good manager. I'm not sure if he is necessarily a good manager, but just the situation all as a whole, it just seems like you need like a fresh start and new blood, and it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's working for him. Yeah, Make no, sense? it doesn't. <laughs> it does, no, you're completely right. Um, I think to the sense of as much as I think that if last year didn't, if last year happened, I do believe he'd be gone, but it'd make me feel better if last year happened fully and he didn't leave um, and then came back this year and they gave him the job. But I just feel like it's such an awkward situation now where we all know he should have been fired um, and he wasn't. And now it's like you have bad taste in your mouth from these past couple of years. We all know to see the bad decisions he's made. We know there's a good manager behind him because look how this team played with Tori Lavillo at the helm. So we have that taste of that, and now we bring back Farrell, and it's no coincidence to me, at least, that they're they're sliding a little bit. So I think everyone's waiting. I think I think a lot of Red Sox fans want Lavulo as the manager, but we're waiting for that day to happen. I think yeah. it's going to come sooner rather than later if if the Red Sox are can continue this inconsistency through for the next few weeks. 
Exactly. It's like we're not we're not we're not you know fifteen and eight. Like it's just it's just something's not working and not everything's getting put together. And I've given this a lot of thought. It's just it just seems like the situation's kind of toxic as a whole. It's just like with how it how it went last year and how they started with this year. It's just something's not right about it, and I don't have a good feeling about it. And it's just wouldn't you have thought that this year would have been toxic because of Hanley Ramirez, not John Farrell, right? And it's not even necessarily John Farrell's fault. It's just the situation as it is. It's just not working. And it's not Hanley's fault, which is still nope. shocking. <laughs> I don't um, know if it's anybody's fault, well. really. It's just it's just what the situation well. is. Yeah. I think everyone's on edge right now. Everyone sees the writing on the wall for him, I think. And I think that if – I'm telling you, I really believe that they're going to give him at least till the end of May because Carson Smith's not there and his rotation's not full even though it's terrible either way. But, like – they're going to get the right pieces in place. We're going to see what Carson Smith can do. I don't think Carson Smith is the savior of all this, but like him being in the bullpen will help. So I think that they're going to let him – I think through May you're going to see John Farrell here, and then after May I think it's realistic to see that's when the big-time rumors of him being on the hot seat are going to be even more coming out. I see why you think that, but I actually disagree because Dave Dombrowski doesn't mess around, and he came here to win, and I don't necessarily think he's going to wait that long because – you never know if it could be too late. I think he might do it before then. I hope you're right. Lauren, yeah, you I, I think if Dave Dombrowski wants to do it, he's going to do it. There's not going to be any speculation. There's not going to be any rumors. It's going to be we're going to wake up one morning to John Farrell is fired. Yeah, I agree. Middle of the night, little NFL-style story breaking in the middle of the night when no one can be mad at it, and then we wake up and go, oh, something happened. Yep, pretty much. And I don't even necessarily think it matters what happens in the next, like, two or three weeks. I think he might do it no matter what, just because I just, just kinda, cause the situation is awkward, like he said, Jared. It's just yeah. weird. And, and he's not Dombrowski's guy, and we know that. Um, I think management – I think ownership said something to Dombrowski. I, obviously, Dombrowski's in charge, but, like, I think that Dombrowski wants – I think Dombrowski wants Lavulo around as a manager. I think he saw what he did at the end of last year. He saw the way he handled the young kids and the way the team played for him. Dombrowski wants Lavulo. You can see that. And I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I think that's the case. Um, but now, like I said, and like you, like we all were kind of talking about, it's just toxic and it needs to end. Um, and now we don't know what's going to happen with all this. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, we know Carson Smith and Eduardo Rodriguez are coming back in a few weeks. Um, will that make a difference, guys? Is, are, they, are those two the missing pieces to make this team click, or is there just really no hope as the, the kind of that feeling in the locker room right now? I mean, I think they're going to help, absolutely. I mean, that's two pitchers you're getting back who start the start the season on the DL and you know Erod's our starter Carson Smith we have in relief so they're two very crucial guys who we do need do I think they're the answer no but I think they'll help yeah I think they'll help too I think having Smith in the bullpen will kind of make some order you know as it's been it's just kind of been haywire of who pitches when and and how and you know all these kind of triple A guys pitching some innings and it's just it's something's not right about it and I think that will definitely help the situation in terms of the starters. I think having Erod will definitely help. I think there's also a lot of pressure on him because of how good he was last year and I don't necessarily think he's gonna be as good because of that pressure and mm-hmm. because the starters haven't been fantastic so far. We've had good starts and bad starts. So I I think there might be a little too much pressure on him. So overall, yes it will help. No, it won't change the situation. I think that will stay the same but no question, I mean, when you bring two good pitchers back, you're bound to be a little better, I think. So you could hope. <laughs> yeah. um, but, see, we all think that. We, I mean, 
as long as Eduardo Rodriguez is healthy and is not tipping his pitches, well, I think he's over that. I think he's past that. Um, he'll be fine. We know he, what he can do, and we think he's going to be great. Um, Carson Smith, we know what he's done in Seattle. We haven't seen a pitch here, so I'm intrigued to see where that comes into play. Um, have to think he's coming back soon. Um, I think the biggest, I wouldn't say hit to the rotation, but I think the biggest, for me anyway, the biggest help to the rotation is Joe Kelly going to the deal. Um, I, I wanted Henry Owens in the rotation. I know he didn't have a great spring. Obviously, he's pitching. I, I, I'm not the game's not on in front of me, but I think he's pitching well tonight. That's what I've seen from the score and everything. And I think he deserved a shot. He didn't get it obviously because we had people in the way. Um, and Stephen Wright deserved the shot, and he's still pitching well. So obviously, no bad blood there. But I like that Henry Owens is getting the shot. He's pitching well tonight. Um, Joe Kelly needs to get his stuff figured out, and he, obviously he's not healthy, so now he gets to go healthy, and I don't have to worry about Joe Kelly. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, the whole the whole story around his injury is kind of is kind of intriguing in and of itself, and I think there's it's more than just an impingement. I mean, I don't know. I I'm not Joe Kelly. I don't I don't know what kind of pain he's in, but I just feel if he felt it days before, and even when he was asked if he was okay, he said, "Yeah, I'm fine." He just completely denied it. So I think there's a bigger injury that remains to be seen yeah I'm glad you brought that up because you know kind of not saying that he was hurting a little bit and then them going mm-hmm. out there and being like hey are you okay yeah I'm fine and then a couple batters later all right you're out of there and then you're <laughs> on the DL it just kind of all tumbled fast and it's I don't know the guy's fragile and he can't seem to con- like throw good pitches his velocity is incredible but he doesn't seem to be able to control it he's wild he's all over the place he throws way 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 too many pitches all the time he's just i don't know is he a good pitcher hard to tell at this point and between these injuries he keeps getting and how little time he lasts in each game because he throws so many darn pitches it's hard to tell how good he really is and it's it's at a certain point people are just going to give up on him if they haven't already because he doesn't look comfortable ever. He throws way too much, and he doesn't stay on the mound. So where, where are you getting with that? You know, he looked. Yeah, I, I went the first game I went to this season. He was he pitched, and he looked so uncomfortable on the mound. Like he just looked awkward, and not that I think he was hurt then, but he just looked like he just didn't look comfortable, and he just was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, and. It was just, he, and it was just taking so long between pitches. And I know, like a lot of pitchers do that, but there was just something about him where I was just like, he he doesn't look right. Yeah, no, he doesn't, and and I think that's why this deal stands kind of good for him. I don't think he was, I don't want to say he's not 100 percent all year, but he doesn't look. He didn't, like you said, Lauren, he didn't look comfortable on the mound. He didn't look comfortable delivering the ball. So um, it's probably a good thing that he's going to DL and Henry Owens is getting that shot. And we're going to have to kind of see where it goes from there. Um, but one thing that I did just want to touch on quickly, we obviously talked about it during Jess's recap, is the David Price pitching like garbage. Um, he he didn't pitch well at all. And I know we touched on it, but again, guys, this is ridiculous because as much as I, I'm not worried at all, it's still I hate to see your ace guy making that much money pitch that bad well i am slightly worried because he pitched a horrendous game against the worst offense in the american league that race team is hitting 207 coming into that game and you have eight runs in three and two-thirds innings what is that i mean come on he really he has to have a really good probably next three outings to make up for that one bad one because 
He needs to prove to people that he is an ace pitcher and that he does belong here because you know you know this place. If he doesn't do well for a couple more starts, people are going to be all over him. Oh, of course, and I think they, I think some people already are. Um, I think I think he's getting some slack just because his track record in the AL East. But um, I think another month or so of this, not even um, if he comes out after April at all and pitches poorly, you're going to start hearing more and more chatter about what the heck is going on here. Is he going to be able to handle that? I don't know. I don't know. That's what <laughs> we're going to have to wait and see. I think I I do think he'll be able to handle it because he's been in high pressure situations. He's played on playoff teams and. I th- I think it'll be okay, and I mean, a little worried, sure, but I'm not. I'm still okay with it. I I don't like that he gave up all those runs in such a little time, but he's our ace. I'll allow this this bad start, but if it's consecutive, if it's a habit, no, I'm not I'm not gonna be okay with that. But even if he has pitched in the AL and in the AL East and all this stuff, it's not Boston. He hasn't pitched in Boston. He hasn't pitched in New York, so it's not the same. No, it's not. It's different, you know? It's a just, no, it's not. completely different atmosphere, and um, I I think he understood that. I, mean, I would hope, I mean, we've had some horrible people come through here, but we'd hope, you know, somebody like him who's pitched against Boston before knows what we're about and knows that we're a tough crowd. You know, you can't, we're, we're easy to please, but we're also easy to piss off. Yep. Yeah, and the thing is, too, that's what, like, at least with him, though, I will say to back him up before we move on, um, He's done it in multiple places. Um, obviously, none that really high pressure. But look, at, for example, um, of a kind of, kind of a 180 is Carl Crawford. He played well. He did well in Tampa. Came here. I feel like we ruined him because then he went to the Dodgers and now is the fourth outfielder, the glorified fourth outfielder, making a lot of money. Um, and we all thought he was going to be a stud for a long time, and that's why the Red Sox brought him in, obviously. But um, so I think think that. He's done it in multiple places, and then I, and then his track record in April is making me not worry because if in, he might come out in May and pitch lights out, and then everyone's going to shut up. Oh, yeah. If you just have a couple of good outings, everyone's opinion completely changes, obviously. That's just how it works here. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to get behind him. I'm, I'm excited for his next start. I'm, I'm totally behind him. I, just, I don't like being a downer and, like, negative. I don't, I don't like myself in the show right now. It's just, it's just what's happening, I guess. <laughs> it sounds like me. It sounds like a mirror of me. Yeah. And it's weird. And I don't like that. But I, I don't mind. I, it's nice, it's a, nice, a refreshing start for us here um, <laughs> on Red Talk Speed to hear you talk like that. you got to switch it up occasionally, um, right? <laughs> they do. Um, we can stay positive, though. We can move forward here because uh, some MLB stuff going on, and the first one is very positive. Um, before we get out of here, I obviously want to talk Major League Baseball news. Jake Arrieta tossed a no-hitter. Um, second one, obviously, since last year, so he had two. It, it's ridiculous how good this guy is, and he's still doing it this year. It's and It's so refreshing to see. Like, I, this guy is just... So good, and I found this stat through his last 24 regular season starts. He's 20 and one. His ER his ERA is .86, and he has 173 strikeouts to 33 walks. And if that doesn't say enough about this guy, like I don't know what does. And like just don't like his pitch. He was just had the control all night. He's so confident every time he goes on the mound, and I I like Arietta a lot, and I'm. I'm glad it happened to him, and I like that we're seeing no hitters early in the season as well. Yeah, it's crazy with him, especially if you look at the rest of his career. He was garbage before, and the turnaround he's had, I don't know what happened or if he just needed to get in a better situation because he was with Baltimore before, and he was just bad. His ERAs were way up there, and then he goes to Chicago, and he's just been great since, you know, finishing ninth in Cy Young 
2014, winning Cy Young last year, now starting off 4-0 with an 80, .87 ERA and already getting a no-hitter in the first month. I don't know what he changed, but yeah, like Lawrence said, his confidence is through the roof, and he's just on fire right now. And the the uh, the, the Cubs are following suit with Jake Arrieta, which is um, nice because, you know, I picked him to win the World Series. Um, but anyway, uh, it's nice to know that it wasn't a fluke and they're playing well. Um, he tossed a no-hitter. Um, one team that's going in the opposite direction with their one of their good players is the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, Chris Colabello was suspended for 80 games for a positive test. Of I don't know exactly what it was, just some performance enhancer. I don't know. I don't know the actual term of it. But either way, he's out for 80 games, which is a huge blow to the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, and it's such a shame. Like, you know, it's, we don't hear it so much about steroids and HGH so much as we have as we have previously. But um, it's a whatever he took. It's a very very long name. It's you know performance enhancers, anabolic steroid. But and the same old song and dance with every player. It's like, oh, I didn't, I had no idea, or I took them unintentionally. It's just like, just, just own up to it, because you just make yourself look so much worse. Well, you know what? This guy, he's doing terrible this year. He's hitting 69 uh, in 10 games. <laughs> he hasn't really played that much, so I don't know how much it's going to affect their team. But in terms of him, this guy was a great story. I mean, if anyone doesn't know, he was born in Framingham. He grew up in Milford, so right right here in our area. Hometown boy, Red Sox fan. And he worked so hard. He was in the minors for so long, independently. He'd been working for like eight or nine years to get to the majors, and he finally did a couple of years ago. And he's had a good career in the majors so far. So for this to happen to him now, you know, I, I'm usually one to jump all over these positive tests and be like, well, stupid them for getting caught for that and but for him it's I don't know the way that he came up to the majors and how long it took him and how much of a kind of hometown success story he was I'm more likely to believe that he didn't know about it than I would for some other guys and I've seen some pretty some pretty strong defense in his in his uh favor including Kevin Pillar was just like all over it he was just like there's no way he, he knew about it yeah, he has some great things to say. I did really like his his comments on on the whole situation. Um, yeah, so that kind of made me think like this. Maybe he didn't know about it. So I don't. I'm not as quick as maybe you guys are to just be like, yeah, he did it. I'm not either. But let's go to the other side. Though, just for the other sake of the argument, um, you can easily see why. Oh well, he struggled for so long and he worked his way up and he just really wasn't there. And then now he's all of a sudden, boom! Oh look, he's really good now. Um, you can see the argument of why it makes sense. But he's not good this year, and he hasn't had the best numbers, which is what kind of gets my mind going with this whole thing. But why I'm so quick to jump on it is because, obviously, a few years ago with Ryan Braun, I was completely duped by him. I was behind him like, oh, yeah, this guy is going to get exonerated. He Like, there's that system was flawed. There's A lot of us were. Yeah, and so, you know, of course he came out, and I was just – I believed every word he said, and – I mean, obviously his numbers are completely different than what we're seeing now, but with with this situation, he doesn't have oh, 30, 40 home runs a season. Like Jess said, he's hitting 69. He had 15 home runs, I think, last season. It, it, he's not a power hitter, and I feel like if he, if he was um, taking whatever kind of steroid, we'd see some kind of production from him, but... True. At the, at the same time, 
unfortunately, I'm I I do think the worst. And that if if you have a failed test or a positive test, I'm going to be like, oh, of course they're going to claim they didn't know. Yeah, it, it is predictable, but just with someone like him who took so long, I just I want to believe him, and I I hope that he didn't know. Yeah, I think we all do, and honestly, like as much as I obviously don't want the Blue Jays to do well, we like you said, kind of just his story is so good. Um, and it just it speaks to the fact that you want to root for him and you want it to be wrong because of just the, the, how much he worked to get to the majors in the first place. Yeah, this, he's tried so hard and he never gave up and he kept doing it, making like no money. And he just kept continuing to follow the dream and finally made it. And you know, like Lauren said, 15 home runs last year, hit over 300. It's fun. It's it's awesome. It's great. And it's just a real shame that this had to happen. Yeah. Um, so obviously he's out for 80 games. Blue Jays take a hit there. Uh, one of his, one of their good guys going down for the 80 games. Um, one other thing that's circulating Major League Baseball this week, kind of quietly, I think, just because this game's going on and who knows, but uh, Commissioner uh, Rob Manfred talked Thursday and said that the expansion um, from 30 to 32 teams was kind of inevitable, um, if not happening really, really soon. Um, and he basically said that uh, multiples of fours just work better than fives, basically for the scheduling. Um, and he said that is a good chance um, that, and he sees it really happening outside of the uh, 48 states, the continuous 48 states of, of obviously the U.S. So, which means Montreal is probably back in play, probably going to get a team, which I love because I think baseball belongs in Montreal. Um, they have passionate fans up there. Um, you could see Mexico City. Uh, you could see Vancouver. Um, there's a lot of options for the the Sox, for the uh, not Sox, well the Sox too, but there's a lot of options for Major League Baseball to take with this. It's definitely exciting. I mean, I'm all for expanding baseball. Um, Montreal, absolutely. You know, I think the Expos when they were there, obviously weren't the best, but like you said, they have passionate fans, and um, there's just there's so much you can do expansion wise, and I think it's great. Obviously, the more baseball, the better. Yeah, <laughs> more countdown, more more teams to count down to during the winter Ex- for Lawrence. Exactly, like I I <laughs> love it, but I just think it's great for the sport as well, especially if they're going to put a a team back in Montreal, if they're going to expand to a, a place that doesn't have a team right now. I just I just think that's great. Yeah, I'm all for it. Why not? More baseball, more fun. Sounds good to me. Um, I think the expansion. I would love, obviously, if they had to do two teams. Um, obviously Montreal would probably be one. Where would you guys ultimately want the second team? Hmm. Because I know my answer already. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I wanted I want a team in North Carolina. Oh yeah. I think I think that that market's good for baseball. Um, I think it's untapped. Obviously, they might steal a little bit from the Braves. Um, but I think that. You see the passionate sports fans they have there with the Panthers during football season, um, and the Hurricanes fans aren't really a joke either, despite the team, um, in terms of hockey. So I think that town and I think that state of North Carolina deserves a baseball team. I mean, I can definitely see it. Um, You know, the Panthers had a great run last year, obviously going to the Super Bowl. And the Hurricanes, they're just not a good team, but the fans are always there. I, I I don't think that's a, a bad option at all. I wouldn't be shocked if they go to Mexico City though, just because of everything and the, the ties with them. But um, I would like I know I know I read North Carolina somewhere as an option. So and I, I kind of thought more about it. and I really like the idea. Yeah, that works. I mean, great college like college teams, and then 
obviously the the Hurricanes and the and the Panthers. It it makes sense. Like they got a lot of teams, so why not baseball too? I don't really have anything better, so sure, sounds good. I'm pretty sure, um, and it's just quick tidbit. I'm pretty sure they have a minor league baseball team there that does really well too. I think I read oh, that okay. somewhere that like. Um, I think they have a minor league. Yeah, the Mudcats, the Carolina Mudcats. Um, they do really well, like baseball. They have a lot of baseball following down there because they don't have a team, obviously. Um, it's like the Hartford, Connecticut, who used to be Hartford Whaler fans. Now watch, they have a minor league team down there, and they do well. Um, so I think that it's kind of the same thing. I think Carolina will be really good for baseball. Um, obviously, what time will tell on that one. Some shocking things before we get to our predictions and get out of here. The White Sox are the best team in the American League. Woof. Who would who would have thunk it? Yeah, that's, and on top of that, weird. and on top of that, the Nationals are doing well, fourteen and four. But that's they do well every season. They do well very beginning, and they just fade out. Did you? I love the marketing the Nationals are doing. The uh, make baseball fun again T-shirts. Oh, I've seen those, and I saw the hats, and those are fun. Yep, all because of Bryce Harper. What he said, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I think I think it's good for baseball. I love Bryce Harper, and I think he's taken over Trout for the best player in the league. But I can see why arguments would be the other way around, just because Trout's probably the best five-tool player alive. But um, right now, White Sox are hot. Nationals are doing well. Cubs are right up there too. Um, it, it's there's some good teams out there in baseball right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been <laughs> it's been it's been fun to watch. Just all the teams around and said the White Sox are the best team in the AL. It's, it's ridiculous. I never would have thought that. I don't even think I have them like making the playoffs at all for my predictions. No, no neither of us did. I don't think. And yeah. the Nationals, you know, they're of course they do they do well every year and they start off really hot. There's always you know Bryce Harper to talk about, and I hope they can keep it up this year because they just kind of die out at the end of the season and Cubs you know I think they were expected to do well so it's it's nice to see that a team that really nobody thought would do this well is doing really well yeah it's cool I think the Cubs and Nationals people expected at least to this point but not the White Sox 13 and 6 is pretty pretty cool and your teams like Toronto 10 and 10 and Detroit 8 and 9 and Texas 10 and 9 Seattle nine and nine, you know, a lot of teams that maybe would have people would have thought would be a little better that they're not. So, yeah, I think in terms of that, that's definitely interesting. And then um, two, I want to pick out at least in the early going, Oakland being ten and nine because people expected them to just be awful, um, mm-hmm. and Houston to be the good team, and Houston six and twelve. So that's kind of a flip. And then the other one too, the Phillies are nine and ten, and people were expecting them to lose like 100, 110 games. So that's that's <laughs> yeah, I, that's probably the biggest surprise to me that they're nine and ten. Yeah, I think that's a huge shock. Um, I would say definitely keep an eye on Oakland more towards the deadline if the Red Sox are doing well and they tied to slip because I really believe that if that's the case, I really really think that Sonny Gray would be in play for someone at the deadline. I really do. If the if the A's are bad enough, I think Sonny Gray is in play for our team. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch, but if they continue to play well like they are so far, then they'll probably want to keep them if they think they have a chance, because right now they're, mm. they're tied for first. So Knowing Billy Bean's track record, they might <laughs> deal him off anyway. That's true. Um, so who knows from there? Who never, and they're never going to win with him as the GM, so who knows what they're going to do with him there. Um, before we get out of here, let's do it. We do it every week. Um, another week of baseball. I know Jess and I predicted horribly last week, um, and... 
we kind of talked about last week as being kind of a big week quietly, and I think this week can be quietly a big week as well. You have four against the Braves. It's a home-and-home, two away, two home, and then you you finally have a Yankee series, um, three versus the Yanks at home at Fenway Park uh, next weekend with another Sunday night baseball game mixed in. Um, they have, you know what's weird? They have three Sunday baseball games in a row. Yeah, that is weird. I don't remember the last time that happened, but it's really awesome. Because I don't mind the Sunday night baseball games. But, um, you have, so, so it's kind of a, a, a week this week where you'd think, looking at these teams, they're going to have a decent week. But we thought that last week, and look and this week, and look what happened. So, mm-hmm. obviously they have to play the games. But we're going to try to do our best to predict them. Um, Jess, what do you have with this Brave series, the 2-2 two and two situation going on here? Yeah, I'm saying win three out of four. I, you know, I've, I was down on this week as we've said a lot at the show. Um, but I'm feeling <laughs> yeah, Mr. Negative Nancy over here. Yeah, Negative Nancy. He's turning positive again. Um, yeah, I think three out of four. The Braves are terrible. Four and fourteen. They're one and ten at home. Three and four on the road. They've lost five in a row. They are just garbage. They have nobody like major league ready. Like Freddie Freeman, like their entire team, pitching blows. So. If we don't win three out of four against them, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think something's going to be wrong. I think they're going to split with the Braves. Um, just I'm going off this week, Jess. Like I'm seeing what's happening. We're talking about how toxic it can, it, it's kind of being um, with the situation. I just think something's going on that we don't know about. I think they're going to split with the Braves. I'm going with Jess on this one. I'm saying three out of four, like. They they have to. They just have to. The Braves are so bad. I know, but one like, in ten I, at home. Who was one in ten at home? Oh, it's pretty God, bad. It's terrible. It, it's pretty bad. But I mean, we also thought the same thing with the Rays coming in, and that didn't. Yeah, happen. well, at least so, the Rays are eight and ten. They're not four and fourteen. <laughs> true. That's very true. Um, but yeah, so there you go. I, I, I'm the I'm the weird one there. Um, with the Braves series um, coming up next weekend as well, we got a, a nice series against the Yankees. Finally, um, they're not doing too hot. Um, I have them sweeping the Yankees. I think this is a, a shut down case. I, I think they're going to come in um, after splitting with the Braves and kind of being frustrated with themselves. I think they come in and sweep the Yankees. Yep, I'm right there too. I think. Uh, Let's go. Yeah, I think they're going to sweep. I I'm feeling really good about them playing the Yankees, being at home, and. Oh, I'm I'm excited for the Yankees to come into Fenway this season, so. Yeah, sweep would be fantastic. I'm picking win two out of three, take both series. Um, I could see a sweep, but just with the inconsistent play that we've had so far, we really need a sweep because we really need to win home games and become that good home team at Fenway again because that has not been the case for a little while here and now. But I think two yeah. out of three is fair. Um, five and two record. This is... Braves four and fourteen, Yankees seven and ten. You have to, have to, have to take advantage of this series, these two series this week, because if they don't go five and two or better, you know everyone in Boston's gonna be all over them even more than they already are. Yeah, if they don't do five and two, um, which mean me and uh, Jess are predicting Lauren six and one, five and two is a minimum of what they need to do this week, and that's how I felt last week because that's kind of that threshold of where they should have been, um, and they didn't do it. So I think you're in the same boat this week. You're you're at a point of the schedule where these last two weeks it should have been this week should have been a good week and this this upcoming week should have been a good week and it should have been a nice two weeks of good baseball boost that record and get you going. Um, and they didn't pull it off this week, so that's why I'm skeptical. But I'm still going five and two just because of the way who we're playing, and I just can't I can't foresee them losing um, more than two games this week. Yes, yeah, five home games and then two road against the 
worst team in the league. Like this is set up to be a fantastic week. They got to produce a starter's got to you know, Price got to lower his ERA from seven. Buckles needs to have another good start. Porcello needs to keep rolling. You know, it's right. Right, he needs to keep doing his thing. It's just you got to get good pitching against these poor teams, and you got to get up early. You got to pitch well. They they got to have a good week. I'm I'm sold on that. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, it's true though. Like they have to have a good week, especially with the disappointing week they had this week. Um, so definitely, obviously, time will tell. I'm excited. The Yankees are finally coming to town, despite how bad they are. Um, it's gonna be fun to finally have the Yankees back at Fenway this year. Um, it'll definitely be fun to watch. Um, a lot we talked about today, and of course, it was all brought to you by Grandstand, the new sports app, sports highlights straight from the crowd. Share your own sports highlights and watch videos straight from the crowd, all from the fans' perspective. Download the Grandstand app, Grandstand app on the App Store or at grandstand.me. Um, a lot going on this past week, a lot of storylines coming out. Red Sox have been sneaking under the radar because the Celtics are doing so well um, and the Bruins are getting criticism because they kept clothes. So um, Red Sox are still flying under the radar. I know baseball season usually doesn't start around here for a lot of people until everyone's done except for the Red Sox. So um, a lot of people are going to be coming into the season soon going, what the heck's going on? <laughs> um, some people might even be asking where Pablo Sandoval is, to be completely honest. So um, it's still, it's still a lot of storylines going on. It's good, it's good baseball so far, despite some poor outings. It's still fun to watch, which is all we kind of ask for. I'm not asking to get smoked every night, and that's not what they're doing. So it's definitely finally a better product. Um, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat, Facebook Red Sox Beat Podcast. We're going to get you up to date with everything going on this week. The written coverage led by uh, Jess Thomas himself, the man, the myth, the legend, taking you all the written coverage, leading the recap strong this uh, this season so far. All good work. So check that out as well. Strong team there for the written coverage um but until next week um enjoy the week of baseball hopefully uh, it's a better week than it was this week and uh, hopefully we get carson back and, and erod uh, carson and erod back soon that's kind of the goal coming up now but until then uh, enjoy baseball we'll talk to you next week this was red Sox beat here on clns radio